could struck dead right now and they, they looked at these episodes on the bus ride to heaven, I can say, bitches, 54 <laughs> good ones. All of them were good. Like, how often can you say that? Hello and welcome to Here in L.A., One Year Birthday Edition. Today, we talk with Zora Baron. Actually, she interviews me. For some reason, people want to find out things about me. I have no idea why. I feel like I talk way too much about myself in these episodes that are supposedly about other neighborhoods and other people. I've got a 22-year-old blog where you can kind of figure out stuff on. I've got an Instagram, Twitter. Is there anything more that I can reveal about myself? Well, apparently, yes. Zora and I talked for nearly three hours about my origin story, my designer fashions, and my apartment decor. Jordan has mercifully trimmed it down to about an hour, which is probably about 40 minutes more than I would really pay attention to, but I know these tales. And uh, although there is there is some some interesting uh, uh, questions uh, from Zora, who keeps it very, very real, which is why I thought she would be a good interviewer. And what do you know? I was right. So, everyone, let's welcome Zora. Hey, everybody. I am about to get interviewed for our one-year anniversary. We have Zora Bannon. Hello. Did I say it right? Hello, Bannon. You said it perfect. Yeah. Okay, good. Um from uh, Morocco, from Casablanca, straight out of CB. DTLA. And um, is your episode going up before my episode? No. Hmm. Ladies first. Okay. <laughs> so we're in the past right now. So we are in uh, my apartment. Mm-hmm. As is tradition. <laughs> Not really. Very few people get interviewed in here. No, what I mean, you interview any, everyone in their apartment. I, a few people come here. Oh, okay. A few. Interesting. And I thought uh, you go to everybody. I prefer going to everybody, mm. but sometimes people have kids. Mm. Sometimes people don't know me and they don't really want me in their house right away. Stranger. A black stranger. He keeps saying he's black. Where's the proof? <laughs> we'll have a rap battle later. It's mostly your like baseball affinity, your affinity for baseball, and that's a black thing. thing? No, it isn't. That's what makes me not black. I mean, it's what makes it questionable. <laughs> Look at this, your bowling trophies. I'm a fucking good bowler. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Said no black person ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, for someone who loves LA so much, you have not. You've lived here for how long? Since 1984. I moved here in '84. Okay, so you've lived here for 30 plus years, 35. Yeah, yeah. And you have not embraced the culture. Like, I would not know that you didn't just move here from Chicago yesterday. Because I look like a tourist. And you like that. I don't like to be a phony. You're wearing, I want to say, you're wearing an American flag bathing suit. Is it a bathing suit? Or mm-hmm. You're wearing an American flag bathing suit with a movie baseball shirt for the bears what is it who's the sponsor of the of the bears chico's bail bonds <laughs> okay and uh a cubs hat cubs hat and so and you have like white socks all crinkled in like adidas looking slides <laughs> the bass player from suicidal tendencies when i interviewed him he's like why are your socks drunk what the hell's going on with your drunk socks, dude? With my what? My socks? Drunk socks. I'm kidding, man. I'm you kidding. taught us punk rock meant be yourself. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean? Does that what it means to you? Punk rock? Do your own thing. Don't have a uniform. Be yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, I can tell people why your socks are drunk. It's because they're 35 years old. <laughs> I don't want to have a uniform. Or if I have a uniform, it's going to be my uniform. But this isn't your uniform. This is... Who else is wearing American... People who don't care for themselves. Oh, is that what you think? I mean, what I think is that you you don't care about 
adorning yourself with anything that like you know is special or fancy or special hold on a second here well i just think here's what i'm really trying to say what i'm really trying to say is that like the culture of la is kind of to yes um right yes even when you said the food here i was like what food homie you eat fast food i think i found you don't have jack in the box in illinois (laughs) i was like i think i found a happy meal toy (laughs) in your car (laughs) yeah is that right i wanted to find a child to give it to a happy meal did I buy a Happy Meal? How do you get a Happy Meal to All the time. Love Happy Meals. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Double fries, uh, six nuggets, and a, and a little cute Coke. I feel like I'm going to be the reason that you embrace L.A. more than you have since you moved here at any point. I would love that. <laughs> and by the way, I bet you you could. I'm just saying. I'm going to queer eye. I'm going to queer eye you, and it's going to be great. <laughs> Like the way that you talk about LA sometimes it makes me like re-fall in love with it. Really? You're such a fucking positive person. <laughs> Every time you're just always like you have like glowing reviews. The people should pay you to write Yelp reviews because I feel like you have like a certain way of seeing everything in the best possible light. So here's the crazy thing that actually breaks my heart. I applied for Discover LA, which is the tourism board of LA, mm. several times wow. to be their social media guy. And I couldn't even get an email back. And this is coming off of huge success at the Academy. Mm. And I was like, I worked at the LA Times. I worked at Los Angelino. Like, like LA is all over my resume. Yeah. And could not, could not. And I was, and I felt the same way. I was like, if there's going to be an ambassador to this place, (laughs) it's going to be that weird guy in a tuxedo on Hollywood Boulevard, Angeline or me. (laughs) <laughs> so, and I can kick all their asses at, at Twitter. So sure. let me, I could not get a, a, an, even a phone call. Why do you think that is? I, I, I think ageism. I hate to say it. It sounds like such a cop out. My mom says that too. But I really feel like in social media, they want a girl like you. They want the hot girl that they don't think is qualified for anything else except Facebook and Twitter. Mm. And now TikTok, even though they don't know anything about any of those things. Mm. And so here's their here's the chance to spice up the office, even though nobody's even going to the office anymore, or they shouldn't. Sure, yeah. Also, I don't think I don't think I hiring think they want to pay us less. And my mom is always saying be. how like people are telling her or like basically telling her that she's like overqualified and they don't want to pay you that much. God, I wish somebody would even say that. Mm-hmm. I'd say, Well, great, I'll fucking show up high then. or anything like or just pay me what you're gonna pay the pretty girl Mm -hmm. i i know i'm worth 200 grand Mm -hmm. but if all you're gonna pay me is 50 grand pay me 50 grand Mm -hmm. just let me do the job Mm -hmm. because right now i'm making zero grand Mm -hmm. so let's meet halfway i think also they're afraid that i want their job Mm -hmm. but i don't like meetings I don't like PowerPoint presentations. I don't like explaining mm-hmm. to people who don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all horrible to me. And so I but think... Doesn't that mean that somebody gets to tell you what to do? They're going to tell you what to do anyways. No, if you're the one telling people what to do and coming up with the ideas, nobody tells you what to do. Everybody's got a boss. <laughs> sure. It sucks. There's got to be somebody who doesn't have a boss. <laughs> Who? I didn't have a boss for a really long Jeffrey time. Bezos? <laughs> exactly. Nobody tells that motherfucker what to do. I think his pretty girlfriend tells him what to do. Sure, yeah. Because he's dressing sharp nowadays. <laughs> Somebody queer-eyed him. Well, because you came here, you went to junior college. I don't know really why. Like, what was the plan? Like, did you have a dream, an original dream? My dream was to go to UCLA. Okay. Because I am a television junkie. Mm-hmm. And um, UCLA is on TV no matter where you live. Uh, mm-hmm. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was one of my heroes, and he played with the Bruins. Um, I also kind of wanted to be a baseball player. And <laughs> no shit. Hard to believe. <laughs> and um, they had a great baseball team. 
And that campus is gorgeous, ridiculously beautiful. And so the, the, the deal back then was if you get a C plus average for two years at junior college, then you could go to any UC you wanted. Really? It was great. Yeah. I, th I think it still might be the case. Really? Yeah. A C plus average. Is this is how dumb we are. You can go to University of California. Well, because <laughs> because most people don't even make it out of the first semester of junior college. Because it's so boring. It's it's like high school. It's like an extension of high school minus the yeah. cheerleaders. Sure. <laughs> I mean, there's like no there's no upside of junior college. It's like straight work. Mm. And so, but because I'm a weirdo. I loved it. Um, back then, it was five dollars. I just want to say that his face lit up in a way that, like, no one has ever said about junior college. That like I loved it. Okay, so first of all, back then, you I'm need dating. to film this because it's funny. Your it expressions. Funny. I find you you find me amusing. It was $5 a unit until you got to $50, and then they capped it. Well, it was free after that $50. It was free after that. So I took what I was supposed to take, and that was basically 50 bucks. And then I was like, I could take guitar lessons. I could take piano lessons, like piano, um, movies, like the history of cinema. And like the guy who teaches the history of cinema works in the industry, like an old man, mm -hmm. and tells you like the greatest stories about movies. Uh, the guitar play, the guitar teacher is great. The piano teacher's tennis lessons I took. Like I had all this fun there. Also at noon, a band would play. <laughs> <laughs> they had like an outdoor theater and a band would play. And I turned on one of those afternoons and you eat your lunch out there and you're watching these bands who are gonna play at the whiskey like later that night. Mm -hmm. And I see this punk rock girl with like, um, fishnet stockings and converses with swear words written on there and like really red lipstick and like a scowl on her face and I was like oh, a punk rock girl <laughs> there's really punk rock girls in LA and I kind of scooched over and I go hello what's your name <laughs> she was like get away from me I go well, that's a weird name my name is Tony <laughs> she said get away from me Became my first California girlfriend. Did you go to UCLA? I got accepted. I didn't know. Oh, I was pumping gas. I was pumping gas in Beverly Hills at <laughs> wow. an all full serve gas station in Beverly Hills. It doesn't even exist anymore. No, it does still <clears throat> exist. People pump your gas there? They have two pumps that are full serve and two that aren't. Mm. But it used to be all full serve. This is one of the problems with Libras that frustrate the rest of the signs. Is sometimes we have a hard time making up our mind. And so I got, so I knew I was going to get accepted to, I knew I was, I was on track. But they said you can pick two schools. So I go, Santa Barbara is mm. far enough away that I could probably study. <laughs> UCLA might be too close to the Roxy and the whiskey. Had you never heard of Santa Barbara before? No. <laughs> Okay. It didn't have that reputation yet. Oh, okay, because it's legendary. Because of. <laughs> sure. I think it was building that reputation. Mm. But nobody... So anyway, so I'm working at this gas station, and anybody with a UCLA sticker, I'd ask them, what do you think, UCLA? Did you like UCLA? Or if I'd see a Santa Barbara, I'd say, what do you think? And they'd be like, oh, you have to go. Mm. You have to live on DP. You have to eat at this burrito place. You have to... All, like, they would they would light up the same way I'm lighting up. Mm. UCLA, people are like, that's fun. You know, you learn. It's a better school, though, right? Yeah, they're all good. They're all good. UCLA is a better school. Mm. It's known as a better school. Meh. You're so full of shit. I'm not. Literally, the only thing I know about Santa Barbara is that it has the highest STD. Like, yeah. Statistically, good. more students there had caught STDs than any other use, if not university don't believe you but at the time that was not part of the deal what was what ended up being the deal was halloween and halloween was such a big deal that we would blame the the kids from uc san diego i've for, been there for halloween and what'd you think it was a lot of people in costumes super fucked up walking in the streets between all of the 
random school housing. Did you have a good time? <sighs> I never had a... Anytime I visited a college, I always thought it was underwhelming. Like, I had this feeling that I was, like, missing out. I mean, I'm sure you have to, like, be part of the community yeah. to really appreciate it. But as an outsider coming in, it just seems like a lot of kids being super trashed. When I first visited Santa Barbara before I chose it, I was completely underwhelmed. <laughs> I thought that campus was ugly and cement and like old 60s architecture. I mean, it's by the beach. I get it. But even the beaches in Santa Barbara are like meh. But I mean, I lived on Venice. Like I was good with Venice. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trying to fact check me about this STDs. Mm -hmm. Nobody I knew got STDs while we were in school. I just want to. Also, <laughs> STD rates are ridiculously high in Santa Barbara. <laughs> the tab says also, STD rates reach all-time high in Santa Barbara County. The bottom line, UCSB has the highest fucking STD rate. It's a different generation. Those are millennials you're talking about. Gen X, we all wear condoms. Hi, Mom. All right, so your dream changes. Yeah, don't yours? Totally, all the time. There you go. <clears throat> Great. Um, Best decision I ever made. So what do you study at Santa Barbara? First, I, start, I studied English, but then I took a Poetry 10 class. You were such a weirdo. And the teacher said, after I wrote a poem, she said, see me, which is something that I had gotten a lot in school. See me? S-E-E-M-E. -E -E. Yeah. See me. Uh-huh. So that I can tell you how much you suck. Usually that was the deal. Wow. And you, usually they did tell me that I sucked in many, many ways. Even at Santa Monica College. I had a history teacher that said, you can't write. Fuck them. And I cried in that library. Beautiful library. <laughs> cried. I picked up this J.D. Salinger Nine Stories book and just like cried reading my favorite stories. Like, what do you mean I can't write? And she was like, I'm not going to pass you out of this class because you suck so bad that if you did get to UCLA, you would fail. So I'm gonna do you a favor right now, and it and it it put me behind uh, like a whole year. And but she was right. When I look at those old stories that I was writing, they weren't great. Yeah, but of course they weren't great. You were just starting. I was just a kid, right? Well, I'm. I wish I could remember her name, but I am grateful to this woman. Really? Who held me back? Yeah, because I was cocky. Mm. Because okay. So one reason I got a bad, great, bad grades in high school, I would write great stories in, in high school instead of listening to the class. And I would fold it up and I'd give it to the pretty girls. <laughs> and they would write back. They'd be like, that was such a great story. You're the best, Tony. I was like, I am the fucking best. And so I come to Santa Barbara, or I come to Santa Monica, and she's like, you really can't write. You can't even write an essay. Do you even know how the structure of an essay is? Mm. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> I know how, how I would tell a story, but that's not essay style. Sure. And so so I'm in Poetry 10, and Robin Bell mm. uh, says, that is a magnificent poem that you wrote. That is that is a great poem that you wrote. Wait, you said Robin Bell. That's the name of the teacher? That was the teacher. Okay. Didn't remember her name. Mm. And I go, Really? She's like, yeah, what else do you got? I go, I got this 15-page love poem <laughs> sitting in my back pocket that I don't know how to work with because it's it changes so much, like in style, like within the poem. And she's like, ooh, tell me more. And I go, I explain why time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> I explain like a lot of things about love. And she's like, bring it tomorrow. And, she, and, and I did, and she was like, there's, a, there's a, a small college within Santa Barbara where we don't give grades because grades are objective. <laughs> Art is objective. and Objective or subjective? Subjective. Okay. And I was like, have I been fucking that up this no, no, whole no, time? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm thinking about Robin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm getting, I'm getting bad grades in your class. And she's like, creative people don't always get good grades. Don't worry about it. And, and she's like, why are you even in this class? This doesn't help your letters in science degree. I go, because I obviously I love writing poems. And I want to learn more. And she's like, you are perfect for this college. The College of Creative Studies was based on art 
and writing, not giving them grades. It was such a great experience. I, I wish everybody could have something like that. She's still my Facebook friend. <laughs> Adorable. It is. So you graduate from poetry school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like trying to find my way to where you are now. When did you move into this apartment? We're in uh, like Los Feliz adjacent, right? Mm -hmm. it's Little like Armenia is where I live. Okay, can we say you live close to the Scientology? Yes. Thing? Okay. Um, how is that, by the way? Great. Really? Yes. You don't get constantly accosted by Scientology people? Day one, they're like, want to talk about Scientology? I was like, want to talk about Jesus? <laughs> Hilarious. And they were like, no. Really? And I was like, but he's our Lord and Savior. <laughs> yeah. And so then there was like radio silence for 10 years, maybe. Wow. And then... All of a sudden, the security guards that ride around in the bicycles started talking to me. And they're like, hi, Anthony. And I was like, nobody calls me Anthony. <laughs> How do they know? Mm -hmm. They're smart. That's fucking weird. It's, a, it's, a, little, it's a little weird. Yeah. It's a little weird. So I go, you can call me Tony. What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. And so a, a right, right, bef right as, the, um, as coronavirus started... I noticed that Christians and Christian churches were suing Gavin Newsom to have in-person church. Meanwhile, these people, <clears throat> these crowded parking lots, empty. All the people, even working outside, were wearing masks. They're still wearing masks. Yes. So I said, that's a story. And I was like, I don't want to write about you. Because if you don't like what I'm saying, we've got to be neighbors me. and it's going to suck. <laughs> They're not going to kill me. But it's just going to, it's going <laughs> to, baby, when you die, you go to heaven. <laughs> go ahead, kill me. Comes won the World Series. My life is complete. So I wrote an article about them and it, they loved it. And it went viral among all the Scientology, like subgroups of Facebook and all these other things. And then every security guard came up to me and said, hi, Anthony. I was like, it's Tony. <laughs> Change the file. <laughs> so now we talk almost every day wow yeah you're friends with the scientology people mm -hmm. but they're not trying to convert you to scientology they can try <laughs> but i mean that's not their i love jesus Okay, well, I can't even keep up. Name all the places you worked. And well, I just want to know. We're gonna okay. Go let's let's see if we can do like, this fast. McDonald's, Licorice Pizza Records. Well, no. Okay, I didn't mean this. At college, all, I had like fifteen jobs. Well, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the writing jobs, because you've worked at LA, oh. so many places. So I can't even. I don't even know where to start. My first writing job was at BuzzNet, which was the first photo sharing site even before Flickr. And I was the community manager there. Shout out Mark Brown. He invented it. He is a gaucho. He was the first guy to ever show me the internet. But really the first real writing job that I got was running LAist. Mm. And I had to write four or five times a day, every day, and mm. run the thing. Mm. Um, so that was great training. Um, then I ended up um, overseeing the blogs of the LA Times. And I got to write there. Um, the last four or five months, I wrote politics three times a day. Wow. Um, for the politics blog, and, which was kind of a, I had a bad boss, and he was like, "Well, this is this is the easiest way to get rid of Tony. We'll put him on, and it's a, a Republican blog, pretty much. Mm. And he's not a Republican. <laughs> My boss was a Republican. Ended up marrying the Republican mayor of a town in um, Idaho, Wyoming, one of those, and being arrested for." Uh, physically abusing her. Whoa! You know, so he was like, "Typical we'll, we'll, we'll put him. We'll put him on this thing, and he'll fail." <laughs> Tony Pierce doesn't fail at blogging. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? So why did it end after four or five months? Don't know. Don't know. Let go. Gone. Oh, okay. Goodbye, Tony. Goodbye. Heartbreaking. But not because you failed. I turned that blog. That blog was doing five hundred thousand page views a month before me. When they let me go, we were doing three million. They were probably like, 
we can't let the LA Times become a Republican paper. They, no, it was great that that Republican blog was doing well because the, the, the critics were saying LA Times is liberal. So when I was now overseeing LA the Times blog. bipartisan. Right. I could say, you can't call us liberal. One of our hottest blogs is a right-wing blog. Mm-hmm. And they're like. Written by a liberal. Well, this was before I started working there, or writing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andy Malcolm was the, um, was the writer. And so, um, anyways, uh, so LA Times I wrote, uh, KPCC I wrote. Um, and then I wrote a little bit at the Academy. I had a few stories at the Academy. And then um, Los Angelino. And the whole time living in here, I was writing on my blog, the bus blog. Yeah, lots of writing jobs, which is still a little bit shocking for me because because all those teachers, including that history teacher, told me I sucked, that kind of sticks with you. But I mean, then you went to poetry school. <laughs> you went to writing school. Went to poetry school and worked at the newspaper and wrote yeah. two times a day on the newspaper. Yeah. Won awards. Yeah. But when you're, I mean, you know psychology. Sure. If you tell a young person that he sucks... That negativity bias will get you. It sticks with you a little bit. Totally. And especially in something subjective like writing, mm. you, that that voice is always there. So what? No. Well, you're, I'm doing this. I'm conducting this interview. Go right ahead. Okay. <clears throat> so my next question. <laughs> I liked in, in our f- second interview when you talked about being in a relationship, a lesbianic relationship. A what? A lesbianic relationship. Mm-hmm. that you found yourself playing the, the, the masculine role, mm-hmm. leading the way. Mm-hmm. And not being able to afford it. <laughs> and right. then realizing I couldn't actually put my foot on the gas during sex. Anyway, this isn't about me. What I'm saying is I don't know if I could be in a relationship where the where I wasn't the boss. Well, you're the guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, with two girls, you know what I'm saying? I was just like... Cutest, cutest d- dilemma there is. <laughs> um... Anyway, I'll tell you a different story about that later. But, <laughs> Please do. Okay, so one of your jobs was that you worked at the academy. Yes. Even at your other jobs, you're like doing jobs about politics, blah, blah, blah. You're like talking about important people or things that are happening in the world. <laughs> and honestly, you could have chosen to do a podcast about celebrities or kind of like, you know, pop culture people. And it probably would have helped to be honest but instead you decided to well it's just because people are addicted me included yeah to celebrity culture yeah. but instead you decided to do like a blog about regular people in the neighborhoods yeah and i'm wondering why well the blog is just the bonus i mean i'm a blogger. sorry i'm saying blog but i mean podcast uh, <clears throat> i mean the blog is a big part of this because it's 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 one of the reasons we're better than everybody else mm-hmm. nobody else mark maron doesn't have a blog your boy Joe Rogan doesn't have a blog. And um, and I think that the blog, I mean, I'm going to show like 20 pictures of how fucking hot you are and links Jesus. to all your stuff <laughs> and videos of you roller skating. Like there's a lot of things that you just cannot explain in audio. Okay, but my question is getting lost here. My question was, you could have chosen to do, you have all this, all of these, you worked at the academy. You're could very- about sports. Oh, right. could, have been could, have been about, a, could have been about sports, could have been about celebrities, could have been about all these things, but you chose to make your podcast about regular people. Yes. That's what I'm asking. Yes. And all and regular neighborhoods. Why? Because when I worked at all those places, especially the LA Times, I noticed that there's really just a swath of LA that really gets covered. And that swath is from the beach to downtown, from the 10 to the Hollywood Hills. And that's about it. And they, they, they look at Koreatown like it's the most exotic place in all of L.A. And no, it's just in the middle of the swath. And I fought to try to get more coverage in our blogs about the other parts of L.A. And one reason that I chose to work at KPCC after the L.A. Times was because they had a downtown L.A. blog and they had a South Central blog already. I didn't have to fight. And I was like, this is great. This is what I've always wanted. I want to tell more of the story of L.A. And when I worked at the Academy, at night, I would drive Uber, which I also loved, which you're going to make fun of me for, which a lot of people do because they're like five years driving Uber. The traffic of L.A., like the drunks, I 
one of the reasons I loved it was it took me to neighborhoods I'd never been at before and behind gated communities I've ne- I could never get into because I'm black. But I learned so much about L.A. So when I, when, when I first pitched this podcast, that's what I said. I said, there are so many other communities in L.A. that never get talked about unless there's a rapist or a plane crash or an earthquake. And that's ridiculous. This is a giant city. It's too bad the LA Times doesn't have another LA Times to compete against because that LA Times would cover all of these other places because there's money on the table on these places. And money is incredible people with incredible stories and too bad they don't live in West LA. Too bad they live in North Hills instead. Well, let's tell the story of North Hills. And that's one reason I want to do five people per neighborhood because just one person is going to tell you a fine story, but you need a few more voices in that course. So that's why I did that instead of entertainment. And I think that this is more valuable. I think it's harder to do. And I think that all those celebrities and people have plenty of chances to tell their story. But the old lady living in a shoe in Tonga never gets her doorbell, you know, uh, rung, so to speak. And baby, I'm going to ring that doorbell. Okay, so how long ago did you stop doing that bus blog? Are you still doing it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that's my real girlfriend. That's my real girlfriend. So that's where you do the blog for Here in L.A.? No. Oh, it has its own blog. The Here in L.A. blog is at hereinla.com, mm. and it's hosted on Medium. Mm. Uh, the bus blog is hosted on WordPress at busblog.com. So you do all of this work yeah. from your apartment? From the bedroom. From the bedroom? Yeah. I used to do it in here, but I got carpal tunnel. I'm pointing to my little... He has like a small a closet that he's converted into a office. Yeah. Um, even the like shelves that were obviously meant for like towels <laughs> now have books on them. And there's somehow an office chair stuffed in there, but also like lots of storage stuff. Yeah, that used to be Amber's office when she lived here. and um... His ex-girlfriend. And it was great for her, but now with laptops, I mean, so that you computer work from your bed, yeah, okay. And knock on wood, never had back problems. That's nice. Yeah, and I think it's because I lay like this, and then I lay like this, like I'm moving around a lot. Mm. Um, I'm sure that mattress is is getting overused. Well, it seems like that's kind of a, actually a perfect word for everything in your apartment. Overused? Uh-huh. Except maybe I, this couch. I can't see this is under new. the... Okay. <laughs> My brother sold me this. The couch and the TV seem like maybe... Brand new. But everything else looks like it was here when you moved here. Are those crates under your TV? Yeah, those, these, those wooden crates were from... Yeah, they're probably 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Original nails still in there. Be careful. So how old were you when you moved here? 30-something. 30 30-something. 30 yeah. Okay. So it's funny because when you moved here, you were older than it looks like the person who lives here is. It looks like a 16-year-old moved to this apartment and his parents let him leave and he decorated the whole thing like it was his room from 16 years old. And then he lived here while remaining 16 yes. for 30 years and all of the shit that he collected and accumulated. And this is not like a diss. It's just like... No, a- this is the hugest compliment ever. I got my baseball cards. <laughs> got some Playboys over here. I mean, the lotion over here is questionable. The lotion was for you. Thanks. The lotion is usually by my... I needed to rub one out. <laughs> In case, I don't know. I was trying to be nice. There's Vogue over there for you. There's napkins. There's Very a nice. pen. Yeah. That's um, guest lotion. Yeah. 
I, th- I would say that your apartment could use a redecorate. Anything you want to do with it can. <laughs> and, and by the way, I told Amber she could do that too. And there's a few things that she did. Why don't did. you do it? Do not care one bit. Yeah. All I really care about is what goes through that laptop. Like, what's going on with that light over there? He has, like, weird sconces on the walls that, like, obviously came with the apartment. And one of them is upright. I don't know if it works at all. They work. Oh, the other one. Here's another sconce. But I'm I'm putting my Michelangelo. Over it. They're holding it. Nice. Be careful in case of an earthquake. Yeah, seriously. But even that, it's so weird. It's like, okay, so you have this poster that looks like you in Poster? I mean, sorry, this painting. Original? Really? Of Michelangelo original? Well, yeah. Why are you lying? Because I, like... I wrote a great bus bug story about it. <laughs> it's like a Michelangelo copy, sort of, <laughs> that's so old that like it looks like it sat in the sun. The whole thing is like a shade of brown. There's well, no color at all. Because I got it from the street. And it's like, yeah. And it's like a... But how about that frame? Very antique frame. Yeah. That looks like his grandmother inherited it from her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And around oh, okay, that... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Don't you love it though? But it's just the juxtaposition with the like Bernie poster with like random photos just stuck onto the wall. Like no frames. You know, this is what kids do. We don't well, have Well, Elvis Costello has a frame. It's true. But this, this is what I'm saying. It's like this sometimes. This poo poo poster has a frame. So you understand like the value of frames, but then still for some reason you choose to just like randomly stick shit to the wall. I don't like frames. Really? I like that frame. Okay. Weird. It's just a. It costs a lot. I'm really cheap. I'm the only time I'm not cheap is for the ladies. Mm. Anything you people want. Well, I mean, like honestly, I'm amazed that you get laid in here. Me too. Like it's funny because I think to myself, like I give guy friends of mine advice all the time uh-huh. about like how to turn your apartment into or like your space into a fucking ladies like magnet. A wolf trap? <laughs> sure. But like they're great guys, so I don't feel bad about it. I just want them to like be successful, you know? Mm-hmm. And this would be the opposite. I would be like, yes. this person has not had sex in 25 years. <laughs> and somehow you still manage to score. Yeah. Which, good for you, bro. I know. It says a lot about your personality. Has nothing to do with me. Really? It's all luck. It's, huh. it's the angels above. It, it has nothing to do with me. Trust me. Really? I I make all the mistakes. Mm. I say all the wrong things. Really? I dressed horribly. Yeah, I know. When the punk rock man says my socks are bad? Well, that's what I'm saying. Everything that would normally lead me to think that you are doing a thing to attract women, like mm-hmm. externally, superficially, you don't have that going on. No. But you do have a lovely personality. God bless you. As do you. Yeah, that's why people invite you into their homes and allow you to talk to them about their lives. Which, which is the, the hugest compliment. To, to, be, to have that access, in journalism it's all about access, to have that access is such a nice thing for them to let me do. To, strangers, you let me into your apartment. Mm-hmm. Twice. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can tell your story better in your place than if you had come here. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, that's a super great blessing, and a lot of times people don't even really know about my personality, and thank you for complimenting it, but um, hopefully that's what I'm projecting. Hopefully when a lady comes in here that I'm interested in, they don't get the vibe that I'm in a trap. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a trap. It's it's about what makes women feel like comfortable. Like right. I think that sometimes I get to places... And I feel like I don't want to take my clothes off because, like, maybe it's not the cleanest or mm-hmm. blah, 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 whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Like, I want to feel like things are, like, kind of newer and, like, I don't know. I just want to feel comfortable. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, like, a spa. But, you know, something that feels like feng shui, that's going to make me want to fucking drop my panties. Wow. That's just for me, personally. Like, this kind of situation makes me a little bit more, like, 
closed up. I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's my childhood drama. But I thought, I think that's not an uncommon thing. Like when women want to masturbate or whatever, they light candles and the bed is made or they're in the bathtub or the blah, blah, blah. Like ambiance matters. Like environment matters. Guys jerk off in their cars. You know what I'm saying? This is not a thing that's happening often with women. Women aren't. Mom, I've never done that. Uh, But you know what I'm saying? Like I think that environment matters i agree and i do like going to nice hotels Mm -hmm. luxury hotels totally they say that libras really like luxury Mm. i can appreciate it Mm. but i'm not gonna bend over backwards for it i'm gonna i'm gonna spend my time and effort on less superficial things and i mean the place is clean Mm -hmm. but it's not it's not going to be something that is going to blow away your average Virgo woman. Mm. I'm mostly Libra, but yeah, I am Virgo. Um, Glad to hear it. Yeah, I want you to know that I feel like you deserve to live in a place that feels really nice. And Thank I know you. you feel good here and you're comfortable and you're happy and you don't care. I don't care. But I think that you would feel differently if queer i came here and redid your whole apartment and it looked amazing you wouldn't be like "Eh, makes no difference you would be like wow this feels actually really nice like i say when i go to fancy hotels my favorite is um in palm springs the uh la quinta resort it's fantastic Mm. but i'm kind of a tornado so within minutes it's not fantastic i really don't give a shit so like these blankets over the window instead of curtains i love that Mm-hmm. I think that's better. No. And, and so I have some some uh, curtain rods that I could put up there, and I have, and I didn't like it as much. And so as soon as Amber left, I put these blankets back up. But then how do you, um, whatever. How do I what? But uh, there's a lot of stuff here, mostly, that I feel like you could go. haven't touched in years and years. You and haven't years. even seen the closets. Exactly. So what I'm saying is that, first of all, there's a lot of stuff that could go yes and a lot of stuff that's probably really special that you haven't seen in a really long time true and i feel like those are the things that i'm really occupied about Mm. like what are the things here that have like true sentimental and just general value (laughs) i'm not attached to stuff even though i have stuff i'm not attached to stuff that's a picture from a hotel in canada Mm. she has such a pretty nose Oh my God, you with your noses. <laughs> She's very pretty. So anyways, no, you can take it all. And honestly, if you wanted to um, take that task on, I'm down. But in the meantime, I am going to keep these things. But they don't, they don't mean that much to me. Interesting. There's a few baseball cards that mean something to me. Well then, yeah, then I think that a lot of it should go. I think that it's crowding your space energetically. I think that like, I'm not saying you need to become a minimalist. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think I ever could. Because I'm just going to get more shit. I mean, the truth is, why aren't you if you don't give a shit about this stuff? Because at the time, I thought that poster from 1974 was cool. I thought the Bernie thing was cool when I saw it at the Bernie headquarters. Mm -hmm. And you just add it all up. And But I think the difference between me and you is at some point, you're like, okay, Time for a house cleaning. I never get to that point. That's what I'm saying. That's what it feels like in here. But but when you do it, you you say it because I want this. If I clear this out, I will have this thing. Nope. What? Why do you clear it out then? I mean, it's called spring cleaning. Because what's the benefit of the spring cleaning? The benefit is the feeling that you have after you let go of all the excess. Mm-hmm. It is a really great feeling mm. to just like declutter. Right. That's the point. The point is to be like, okay, what's here that doesn't need to be here and is taking up space, honestly, energetically. Like, it is a weight. It's like the difference between when this place is a fucking mess, right? Yeah. I'm sure that happens. Yeah. And then once you clean it, yeah. there's a feeling, an energy change. Like, your your mind changes. You're less stressed, less anxious. Like, people always say your space is a representation of your head space, right? Yeah. So it's like when a lot of the crap that you don't give a fuck about mm-hmm. isn't in here anymore. Yeah you will feel like there is more room to have new ideas. The Mexican blankets, I fucking love Mexican blankets, but they don't cover your window like a weird fucking hermit. 
That's what that is. Weird hermits block out all the sun with weird blankets. At night, I put these People on. People are going to listen to this and be like, who is this fucking bitch? You're, you're fantastic is who you are. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm a Virgo. I'm hypercritical. And mm-hmm. I do this from a place of like caring about you yeah. and seeing like how your soul shines. Honestly, I only offered to do this with you because we were at that restaurant that was terrible that you took me to. Gino's East of Chicago? He took me to this Chicago pizza place and made me order their gluten-free crust that they don't even make and they order and it's frozen. It's not that great. But anyway, we went there and he lights up when he meets anybody and he knows so much about them somehow before they even meet. And he, it's just a, an incredible. And I was like, wow, you are fascinating. Really? Way, I think, I think you amaze me the way that you are so, see, I don't have just shitty things to say about people. I'm glad. Cause I was a little worried about myself two seconds ago. Cause I was like, I'm a cunt. No, no but seriously, the reason why I want you to have a different space is I want it to reflect the fucking magnificent person that I see in the world, the person that I want to like introduce to other friends of mine and blah, 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 regardless of how you dress. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, but there's no way I can take them back. I would never bring them here (laughs) because it's scary. Or, or you could say, okay, okay. You guys are going to get a kick out of this place. Well, sure, sure, sure. And I'm sure nobody is that I'm not that pretentious, you know, but I know that you could be in a space that feels better. Does that fireplace work? Yeah. I guess when I lived with that older man and he had like a similar situation like right. this, my feeling about it was that he was a lovely person who had everything to give to everyone except himself. Mm. And I feel the same way about you, Tony. God bless you. But that's not a compliment. <laughs> like the it is a compliment because obviously you're a sweet, kind, generous person. Mm-hmm. But also, we are doing a huge disservice to everyone and ourselves if we do not love ourselves. You've heard this before, right? Yeah. And the only way that you can actually have a cup that's full to continually offer to others is if you also are filling your cup. I hear you. So what is your opinion of yourself? Well, it varies. The happiest part of my life right now is here in L.A., because it's an impossible thing. I love really hard jobs. I love hard things. I love things that even the LA Times can't do. I love things that even KPCC failed at. They try to do this on just Instagram and they failed after a couple of towns. And we've done 54 episodes, including blog posts, including little videos. Like I taught myself video editing. I taught myself audio editing all through this at 50 whatever years old. and fucking did something good if i get struck dead right now and they they looked at these episodes on the bus ride to heaven i can say bitches 54 (laughs) good ones all of them were good like how often can you say that i i haven't even had 54 great kisses that i was (laughs) responsible for and so i'm so proud of that but on the other hand, I cannot get a job interview to save my life. We just, we're still in coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still in a little bit of effect of that last relationship, a little bit, I'll be honest. And um, I'm trying to figure it out. And meanwhile, there's so many great things that are just an inch away. And I, and I, and I trust that I will have those things soon. I do want to find a way to end all of this. Okay. This is how we can do it. What has been your favorite episode of here in LA so far? Well, that's not fair. I haven't listened to very many. I've only listened to like three. That's three more than I expected. Really? I have very low self-esteem. Oh, well, I only listened to three because a, I'm already hooked on like two podcasts that take up a lot of my time. Yeah. And, but I did really like, two of the three episodes it's not i just don't care about weed i don't care about marijuana stuff because you were addicted for a little while i just don't care i just it's not because of my history with it 
I used to be obsessed with weed, but even when I was obsessed with weed, I was only obsessed with smoking it. And I didn't care about sativa, indica, da da da. Like, I don't give a fuck. Roll it up, smoke Did it. Did you like her, though? I don't know, because I oh. lost interest. You just turned it off right away? Not right away, but it was just like Understood. indica sativas. I did like that she said that indica sativa, it's all kind of like blended in together Me too. at this point. Um, but other than that, I just kind of like didn't come back to it. I feel like you two would be great friends. The Antifa, I'm sure. I, I like people. The Antifa episode, I really liked a lot. You did? Yeah, even though I thought that that guy was kind of extreme, I really like it. I like it when I'm exposed to the kinds of people that I don't necessarily surround myself with. And Me too. I thought that you can't help but respect someone who feels that strongly about whatever it is that you feel that strongly about. Like and he, goes out there every day. For sure, yeah. And, and even though I think that some of that is like having the opposite of the effect that he's hoping to make, like I think that uh, I still respect that, that you feel so strongly about it. Um, I almost want to like, and I agree with most of most of the stuff, and, but also like fearlessness. You know, like there's like a certain amount of fearlessness and not giving a fuckness about that guy that I was just like, hell yeah, yeah. Um, and also the Chinatown, the mom, Joey. Yeah, I thought she was super cool. I want to be her friend. <laughs> okay, what suggestions do you have for here in LA for the next fifty-four episodes? Virgo. Should they be shorter? Should they be longer? No. Does time matter? No. What tips do you have for me and Jordan going into year two of here in L.A.? Are you happy with Jordan's idea that we should only do it once a week? Uh, Here's the thing. I feel like you're putting out a lot of episodes, and I have no idea how big your audience is. It's not big. So I feel like there should be a little bit more emphasis on finding new listeners and getting people to listen to the podcast. I'm not interested. Why? Does the sun care who it's shining on? Yeah, but don't you want these people's stories to be heard? They'll be heard. People don't go back into the repertoire of podcasts. They might. (laughs) You asked me for a tip and you're being very closed off about it. On that one, Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not trying to be Mr. Popular. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get the masses. I'm not trying to get lower common denominators. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to people mm-hmm. in a real way mm-hmm. and giving them a spotlight mm-hmm. and then the next one. But I'm saying you don't have to do anything crazy. You could ask the people who you interview. You didn't ask me at any point to promote no. the episode. Well, we haven't had it yet. But I don't do that. You're yeah. right. And so it's like... Just little things that like get people to be like, oh, I enjoyed this. I'm going to subscribe. Even in your fucking thing, do you say subscribe? No. Because it's annoying. But, <laughs> and I get it. I, I don't love it. It's like, I know. I don't need anybody to tell me. Like, if I liked something, I'll subscribe. Like, don't talk to me like I'm a fucking idiot. But I do think that, like, you know, it's... Little things like I just said, your your podcast could grow by three, four, ten listeners every single time. It doesn't True. have to be hundreds of them, you know. Yes. But then just and then I do think that people do have a lot of content coming out, and until the the podcast is more popular, mm-hmm. I think one episode a week is a good idea. You're okay. On my pace of two mm-hmm. a week, I'll be sixty nine when I'm done. Mm-hmm. I understand, but that's these a pictures great, of Maui is where I want to well, be saying, at sixty nine. These great—it's a great goal to have to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But it's—I don't know. Like, it's a crazy goal. It's not that. If that's the point, if that's the point, two episodes, and I don't care if it's fifty listeners for the rest of my life. I—I I don't. Okay, well then, great. Then that tip is stupid. But I think that so. I think it's a waste. I think that. Uh, the so far, the episodes that I've listened to have been really interesting. Yes. And that I do think that more people need to hear stories from real people. Like, we spend yes. too much time obsessing over celebrities. Yes. And it is just nice to hear stories of not Kristen Bell. And, you know, like, even though they're great, too. They are. Love Kristen Bell. Seriously. Yep. She's so adorable. I wanted to hate her so bad because I hate that <laughs> fucking Frozen movie. And but You do? Yeah, and she just seems... 
seems like the obvious choice for like America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. But she's so fucking genuine. It's hard yep. not to like her. But what I'm saying is Do you is like that, her relationship with Dax? Yeah, I love them. Yeah. Yeah. They're super lovable. It's cute. Yeah, it's cute. Fucking Beauty and the Beast, whatever that fucking is. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like He's a beast? Drug addict, ex drug addict. He's like, not handsome though? Tall and handsome? He's also kind of like the ugly handsome. And he huh. talks about that all the time. Hmm. But he's like very Oh, you listen charming. to their podcast. You know I'm competing against Dax and Kristen Bell. No wonder I'm not getting any listeners. <laughs> Podcasting well, is hard, man. I'm dealing with someone who has like a stubbornness about this particular thing, mm-hmm. which is stopping this thing that could be very cool yeah. from being cool. You're standing in the way of your own fucking podcast. You can't make something 54 great kisses and then be like, but I'm keeping them for myself and I'm really not going to give them the attention they deserve. Here, here's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from a couple things. I really love YouTubers. Mm-hmm. And most of the successful YouTubers today, when they talk about their trajectory, they said their first two years, no matter what they did, nobody was watching them. Mr. Beast, who gets millions and millions of people a day, no viewers at first. And their lesson is just keep doing what you're doing and eventually it'll happen. So that's number one. Number two, the success of LAist and the success of the Academy's social media was a lot the same. The little train that could. I just need all of you. I think that you. your consistency is beautiful, but I think that there's a piece missing to it. But what I'm you're missing saying. out. You're saying I think I, that there's some I promotion listen- today that I could be doing, like buying Facebook ads? No, I said something very, a simple suggestion, which was like ask people who you oh. interviewed to promote the episode on their right. story and Instagram yes. feed. Why do you think they're not doing it themselves? Do you think that they feel insecure about that? Yes. And I had the same problem with what girls like. Because I was surprised by some of... There's a few people who do have good social media followings who didn't promote themselves. Totally. And I was like... And I didn't ask people either. And now when I interview people, it's going to be in the contract. I tried to have you sign a contract and you refused me. Yeah, well, would you like to read it out loud? No. Okay. (laughs) Because you would cut it out anyway. So I I watched that Beast guy... The YouTube. Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast. I watched him on Joe Rogan. Oh, he was on there? Uh-huh. And um, recently. And he talked about how him and three other guys, I yeah. don't know if they're on his show or whatever, Yeah. they would get together three or four days a week and sit down for 12 hours and brainstorm. And they would each collect during the week popular YouTube videos and sit down and dissect why they were each popular, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and figure out exactly what those people were doing. To da, da, da. This is not like a by accident just yeah. by being consistently making content thing. Mm-hmm. They studied content very seriously. Yeah. And uh, the same thing with Joe Rogan and all his comedian friends when they talk about doing stand-up. Yeah. They talk about watching hours and hours of stand-up and listening for the breath and the pause and the laugh wow. and every time and writing it down and taking the notes. It's not just about making the thing. It's yeah. also about studying the fucking annoying podcasts that are really famous yeah. and being like, what the fuck do people see in this and why? Yeah. And who are the companies that these people work with and what are the agencies and da 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 and where do they record this and who mm-hmm. what on what platforms do they put it and blah 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 and how many views and you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if you were putting out one episode a week, you yeah. could put a little bit more energy into the research that goes with making a podcast. Because yes. you come from a world that's the written word and it's a different world. It is. And you understand that world. And so you don't have to do the research. Mm-hmm. But I think that No, you're right though, because those successes I, I told you about before, I studied every single blog mm-hmm. and what worked, what didn't work. And I did incorporate some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then when I was blog editor, I was able to teach the LA Times people, mm-hmm. hey, this is what these people are doing. This is mm-hmm. what the New York Times isn't doing. Mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. Mm-hmm. And I think you did find a blind spot in me because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to Allie Ward's podcast, but 
I'm never going to be Allie Ward. Do you know her? Mm-mm. God, she is fantastic. She's gorgeous. She's so funny. Mm. And she's t- talking about science. Mm. It's like, hot girl talks about science? Mm. It's almost an instant winner. But she's also so funny mm-hmm. that it's like not even fair. Mm. It's like Michael Jordan on a six-foot rim. It's mm. like, come on. So I stopped listening to Allie because I was like, I'm never going to be able to compete against her. Cause she it's is... not about being able to compete against her. It's about... Figuring out the things that you love about her fucking podcast yeah. and writing them down and being like, cool, cool, cool. Do yeah. I have any of these that are just like parallels? Right. You know, people. I think that just be you and don't like censor yourself, mm-hmm. which I think that you do sometimes. That's why we had to do two episodes. Yeah. Don't censor yourself. And this is the fucking wild, wild internet. Yeah. And God they're not censoring it right now. And so just like allow yourself to be yourself because I think. We have all, if you watch enough of those how to get who you are and you've read enough books about how to become successful from people who are successful, yeah, it's all about like finding your, your fucking favorite person. What's his name? Bukowski? No. Uh, Tom Waits? Wow. Sammy Sosa? Wow. Obama? You know. Shepard Ferry? I don't love him. Jesus? Elvis Costello? Radio host. Howard Stern. Right. Does he censor himself? No. He does now, and everybody hates it. Okay, exactly. So when he was just being his authentic self and not giving a fuck, people were like, this is it. This is it for me. I, I am terrified of, of, of really revealing who I am. Why? My mom listens to my podcast. Okay. But, you know, Howard had to tell his mom, I can't, I can't have you censoring me. I mean, it doesn't have to become like this... Dirty Tony Mind Show. It doesn't have to become God, Tony's Dirty be, Fantasies. It's the biggest show ever. <laughs> well, see, men maybe do that. But you don't care about your audience, you know? But I'm just saying, don't pretend to be somebody you're not. Like, I feel like in this episode, you're there's right. a lot that you're going to want to cut out. I want to make sure we covered everything in it. It's so distracting. We talked about, um, like... Should I give from- up the blog post? You haven't even read the blog. I haven't, but I'm not, I've never read a blog. Really? Wow. Except if it was like a recipe. You're so young. Thank you for letting (laughs) me record you. I hope there's something usable in all of this. It's probably about 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. You think so? 20 minutes. Do you think there's more? I don't know. I mean, how long are your... I've never done a podcast episode about me. I guess I listened to the one that you did with the Antifa guy, and it was like two hours or something? It was two hours or a two-hour special. I know, and that's that one I'm used to. Yours might be a two-hour special. Really? Yes. That's crazy. I'm honored. I mean, but you clicked all the boxes. Look at this little fucking shit. You're so cute. Isn't she? What a cute. Can you believe she was almost dead? Yes, because the like, same thing happened to my guy. So close to being dead. This lovable creature. It was right in the beginning of quarantine, too. And I was like rushing the cat from one vet to another. I even went to the village vet over here. It was that soon? That more? That was recent? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like in the fucking vet with the mask on, sitting in the cage with him. Nobody else was there. And like I was like feeding him. And I was so glad that it happened at that time because I... I had to stay home with him, and I wouldn't have been able to. Does he do well with other cats? Um, he does do well with other cats, but he has that like sneezing thing. Oh! And if my... the cat, if your cat's immune system is low, oh. then sometimes it can be contagious. So I, I was gonna say, should I? Should we have a cat date? Oh, I would. Because I feel so bad that these cats really—this is their whole universe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, they don't seem too bummed about it. They they don't. And and you just saw he had a chance to go free and he was like, nah. nah. Those zoologists. Well, they have each other. <laughs> they they do happy. have each other. Yeah. All right, Zora, are we going to have Thai food now? Is it going to be Thai? I've ate Thai recently. Maybe we can find something else. All right, great. Thank you. Thank you. How great was Tony? Uh, but you know who's greater? Our Patreons. It's so nice of all these people to fork over hard-earned money to an insane project that still has at least 15 years to go until it's done. These people don't care. They're very, very sweet. The sweetest there are. So 
heartfelt shout out to Nancy Rommelman, Sean Atlow, Matt Mills, Sean Wallace, Greg and Molly, Jamie Taylor, Mark Johnson, Kira Ann, Barney Grinky, Ben Welsh, Henry Furman, Jen Adams, The Lonely Chair, Trevor Wilson, Bree Wild, Dougie Gyro, and Christina. Would you like to hear your name at the end of next week's show? Uh, go to patreon.com slash here in LA and just shake it all into the bucket. Also, shout out to our Angelinos. To be an Angelino, all you gotta do is PayPal 25 bucks or more and we'll list you on the Here in LA website that one day will be done. Let's just, let's just be real. Uh, it's very tedious and um, I'm very slow It'll get done. Don't worry. And it'll be great. And your name will be there and on the Medium page for, uh, for a long time. You'll also be given a number to denote how early you got in to make this dream come alive. Angelino number one, Allie Miller. Number two, George Wright. Three, Rita Joanne. Four, Jason Sutter. Five, Grant Houghton. Six, Rob Baker. Seven, Kev Chang. Eight, Brenda Garcia, and nine, John Griffiths. Uh, you want to be an Angelino? Just PayPal your hard-earned cash to busblog at gmail.com. Cash ain't your thing? Crypto neither? You can still help. We've been doing this a year. Post your top three favorite episodes on your Facebook. And uh, do it again a year from now for a uh, year two. But let the people know. Tell them how Here in L.A. is spelled. And it's on Apple Podcasts and Google and Spotify. And now even on Amazon. I hope that helps you, Mr. Bezos. Here in L.A. is produced by myself, Tony Pierce, and a man who said, let's do this. And thus it was done. Jordan Katz. Editing, mixing, and music supervision by Jordan Katz. Songs by Oregon and Jordan Katz. Special thanks to Cindy for creating the logo, Jen for inspiring this, and everyone who has allowed themselves to be interviewed by me and then had to listen to it. I now know your pain. Thank you.